Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. And we're back. We are back. <laughs> we're back. And we're uh, bad? Or I don't know. We're just back. We're just back. We're just back. That's the, that's the key here, yeah. After, uh, what is it? I guess it's about six months uh, we've, been off the, uh, we've been off the air. We've been off the air for a few months, yes. Yeah, it's like we were kicked off the force. You know, for and now we're back to to finish the last case. Right, we were kicked off of uh, um, the internet. Yeah, well, yeah, the internet is. Yeah, we are. It was been. It's been long slog to fight the internet to get back on. Yes, just the internet in general, not not anything anyone specific. No, the entire internet. Yeah, yeah. The internet community came together mm-hmm. and and did not let us record a podcast for six months. Right. So, uh, but where have we been? Have we not been doing anything? Is we've just like literally been sitting in a room doing nothing for the last six months? Well, thanks for asking, Paul. Yes. Uh, a lot has happened actually, uh-huh. uh, mostly in the world, right? Uh, but partially <laughs> not. Um, also partially with the show. Uh, no, we well, we have continued doing the show. Yes. The show did not stop. The uh, the you're talking about the live show. The live show, yes. The yeah. show did go on, uh, just as, to a smaller audience, as they say. As they say. Uh, yeah, so we've done, you know, we continue to do, you know, I guess the last, I think the last podcast was in August, I believe. Maybe? Uh, yes, and that was uh, right before we were gearing up uh, for our two-year anniversary. Yes. Time flies. Yeah, seriously. Time, and then that, that, and that now is three months ago, so we're now talking about in the past, but still. Right. Uh, it's the two, we're focusing this episode, I mm-hmm. think, no, correct me if I'm wrong, yes. on the idea of this two-month, or just two-year anniversary. Yes. Great. Right. <laughs> What's funny about this is that I think if you're listening to all the podcasts in order, uh, you'll have got you'll have just listened to the end of season one was a reflection episode, yes. uh, a couple of times before, and maybe the last one, and so now we're reflecting again, mm-hmm. but this time six months later. And I think we're also maybe a little bit refreshed. I think oh, yeah. uh, if you did listen to all of the episodes in order, uh, we, we we might have been getting all a little punchy at the end. I mm. think for the last few episodes. <laughs> Uh, although the, the the there was that that one part of that that that, that was interesting the the th- the same questions for three stories I thought that was interesting yes that was the uh, where I was having a little uh, too much fun with the sound effects and I'm sorry <laughs> if I scared anybody with the uh, shots fired shots fired <laughs> please add it there too I want I want it no matter what for the rest of this like if you ever say the word shots fired there gets to be gunshots okay I think that's fun um, okay so point is. Mm-hmm. Um, the well, I guess we didn't even introduce ourselves. My name is Stefan, uh, and my name is Paul. Uh, and Bran uh, is in San Francisco. Yes, which I guess at the end of the show you'll hear a story about why she's in San Francisco. Right. Um, and I guess the other thing about this is that she will be still hosting the show. Uh, we expect her to be a, be a host on some of the podcast episodes if she can figure out how she's going to record them. Well, maybe we should just briefly talk about what our plans are for the next uh, little while for this podcast. Excellent, excellent segue, Paul. Oh. Uh, so, so what are our plans, Paul? Well, we uh, a, a, a trend in podcasting that's been happening is uh, to sort of break off and do seasons, much like you know a TV season or something like that. So. What we decided to do with this "quote unquote" I'm using air quotes second season, season two, man, season it sounds two, so much cooler. Yes, of uh, of this podcast is to invite uh, guest hosts to come on. You know, give them a few episodes, and they can just completely uh, do what they want with it and curate it. Uh, obviously, it's still going to be somewhat focused or centered on uh, around storytelling but if you have listened to the first 47 episodes <laughs> kudos. that's a bit of uh, kudos and also it's a bit loose yes. you know uh so 
we yeah we're in the process of just um getting some really cool people um most of them or probably all of them have have at one point or another told the story mm-hmm. so you have heard from them before and so with brianne being in san francisco she's not really a guest host no it's true. she's just another host she's just another host yeah but she'll just be uh, doing well, whatever she's going to be doing with her episodes. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out when you guys find out. Well, probably a little before because Paul will probably edit together. So. Yeah, well, maybe. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's what's going to happen. So you're going to get a bunch of a uh, couple different hosts. We'll introduce them as they come on. Uh, and, and then, uh, but today's episode, uh, given I think that's where we are now, is... Is just a brief one to sort of to think about what we've sort of learned maybe in the last two years, uh, what uh, what we, and and sort of how we've how we've maybe changed our opinions on storytelling to some extent, um, and then also uh, and then f- f- flow into Brand's story at our two year anniversary, um, which sort of uh, which talks a little bit about the sort of you know moving forward I guess maybe mm-hmm. moving forward is a is a better way than saying it. it's a reflection. Through the power of editing, you wouldn't have noticed that uh, there was. A, we were interrupted by a siren uh, fire truck and I have a quick little story about Ooh. something that I've never seen before uh, when I was walking down the street uh, in downtown Toronto an ambulance came uh, up to a red light you know how like they t- they have to their sirens were on they have to stop at a red light make sure you know mm-hmm. and, and then proceed and they stopped at the red light and then these two people walked because it was like they had the right of way technically like they had the walk sign so they're walking and the ambulance drivers are like what are you doing and the people just sort of pointed at the walk sign <laughs> and i and i was like no i've never seen that and and i thought that that was a pretty universal thing that we like social contract that we all agreed on is that if there's an ambulance yeah you let it go through either <laughs> either on its way somewhere or with somebody dying inside of it. Yeah, like everyone does in motion, really. <laughs> it should it should be getting the right of way here. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, just uh, stay out of the way of the ambulances and the fire trucks and the police because they might be on their way somewhere. Yeah, and, and likely their time at this current moment is more important than yours. Yes. It's very unlikely yes. that you are more important. So remember, sirens... <laughs> means they get the right of way. It's very simple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we were just talking about the different things maybe uh, that we've learned along the way. And uh, a question that I wanted to put to you was, over these two years, what has what what is something or that has evolved for you um, over that's changed or evolved over the last two years in terms of your own storytelling, other people, mm. helping other people, the event, all anything, things, anything, anything, anything at all. Yeah. Uh, I think, so I think the one that, that I, that I was thinking of when, you know, during the time that, that we got delayed by sirens, um, was that there's this, what I've come to realize or appreciate is that a story that you feel and a story that you have an emotion about, <laughs> um, uh, can be can be made good almost no matter what the subject matter is itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even if it's a very mundane action or thing, uh, if you do it with 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 true and real feelings and true and real emotion, you can make almost anything interesting. Mm-hmm. And the flip side of that is if you don't care about the thing, um, or if you just or if you refuse to, I guess worse actually still than not is refusing to imdo 
uh, emotion to it. Mm. Like you, it's clear to the audience that you do feel something about it, but you're not actually conveying what that feeling is to the audience, which may be the worst version of this. Uh, but you can make almost anything boring. Mm-hmm. You can have an, a very fascinating, interesting event, but if you refuse to let anyone in and experience it with you, then the story itself will suffer almost no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you, in the the power of the story, uh, can definitely be can be magnified in or 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 not from how well you are at at. Um, you know, at writing, you mm-hmm. know, the, the logistics of actually of, of actually putting it forward. But what really actually counts, and like you can see, it w- is is whether or not you actually feel it with the person. And I think that's to me the the thing that I've come to at least appreciate more is that a good story isn't a good story; it's about the person. Right, and and the like. This is a maybe a simplistic way to put it, and I won't use any any names. But there's some some pieces can be very very well written. But that emotional sort of engagement is not necessarily there. But you can kind of like appreciate it from, you know, the, it, the way the words, the way it was written and so on. Mm-hmm. And then there have been other stories that I'm thinking about where they were, for lack of a better term, just like kind of messy. Yeah. But they were just so, um, you know, got really at that emotional quality that you're talking about. And it's just like. I don't know how else this person, this is how this person should say this because it is, you know, it's maybe not the most well-written thing in the world, but it's just so them and it's their personality and exactly the way that they want to tell the story. Yeah. And I, and I feel like there's been times where I've, you know, been trying to coach someone into, uh, into, into a story. And I, and I, and I realized that some extent, you know, that when you do with this kind of coaching, you do what you would do. Mm-hmm. And so I, every time we're talking to someone, I have to remind myself that I, that, that, that I have to tell them directly. It's like, you know, you're, what, how it feels right for you is, is, is the most important. You know, here are some suggestions that I, of ways that I might look at it, but I don't want to turn everyone's story into, into how I would tell it. Mm-hmm. Like I could rewrite everyone's story from the lot that we've seen and, re, and, and then retell it in the way that I would tell it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily make it, that wouldn't make it better. Yeah, uh, and that even if even even if it cleaned up, as you said, some of the stories, that it, if it's if it's not if it, again if it's not how they would how they feel about it, or how they would want how they must feel, and then, you're, then you've lost the whole purpose of storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it, that, I think that's the, maybe the most difficult piece of being a coach uh, is this is knowing how to encourage and 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 move forward some thoughts without it being overwhelming or or taking over. Uh, the the true essence of why the person wants to tell a story. Because then also, in just in terms of like say the event and and so on, is that then it's all the stories start to sound the same. Yeah, exactly. Because they're more a reflection of like how the people that are um, you know putting it together uh, like more about the way they would tell the stories than necessarily you know the way the people um, involved would specifically tell them. Yeah. And if maybe maybe that's maybe that's the, like an overarching theme we'll have for this entire season of the sh- of the show, right? Is uh, the sort of this essence of of you know we're letting hosts take over episodes, right? We're mm-hmm. we're giving this is what happens when you just let people when let freedom reign, Paul. Let freedom reign, right? As I feel like we'll experience in actually the next couple episodes, you know, episode two and three uh, will both be in some extent about letting freedom reign, right? Okay. Um. For well, I I would say for me, there's like two different things. Mm-hmm. That is one one is sort of uh, what has changed. One is what has kind of stayed the same. The first thing is personally, 
uh, I kind of, uh, I don't know if this is exactly true, but this seems to, it seems to divide itself in my mind this way. The first year of doing this was a lot of going, reaching into the past and telling stories about, you know, things that happened to you in the past. But then the weird thing to me that I started thinking about just recently is how, you know, the longer you do this, then things start happening in your life that you are then wanting to tell a story about. Yeah. And just how, you know, this has become like a, a weird thing that we do that is a constant in our life. And it's a it's a weird way to like uh, um, sort of connect with people mm-hmm. and also share what is going on and um, just figuring out how to do that and what the difference is between telling a story that you're you're like, you know what that narrative is. It's from like your childhood or mm-hmm. it's from like, you know, a relationship in the past. But then things keep life keeps going on. <laughs> life keeps happening. Yeah. And it's trying to fig- it, it. It was interesting. It's always been interesting to me to figure out how that fits into your narrative then. Mm where you've already figured that out with a lot of these stories in the past and then, you know, as things move forward. But the second thing is just the event in, 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 in general. We just did one two weeks ago mm-hmm. and it was packed and it was great <laughs> and the stories were like all amazing and it's, I just think it's so cool that it's, it's kind of still doing the thing that we hoped it would yeah. be doing, you know, is getting new people the we still don't understand the audience where they're still <laughs> there still seems well this one was a little different because it was involved with the the this festival yeah uh that was going on but you know it's so nice to see like people where we always sort of go do you know who those people are no okay <laughs> this is great and and everybody really seems engaged and into it and um you know it's not getting where you're kind of just doing it and it's like okay let's do another event like everyone is different and everyone is exciting and um we're just sort of excited with some of the things that we've been uh thinking about and how to get more and different storytellers and people we haven't heard from and uh it'll be you know so yeah see what happens yeah exactly and i think it's it's i think that's the, the that piece of it at the end is that it's the it's the new storytellers that sort of breathe again breathe new life into the whole thing. Yeah, you know it's funny. It's funny we've had, I can't I, I can't imagine the number. I feel like maybe maybe we've had. Like I'd be interested to know the numbers of people if there's anyone really like the, the audience has changed so much over the two years. Mm-hmm. You know it's and and, and like some occasionally someone comes back for after like a year and stuff like that. But it's really been it's been so fluid and yet mm-hmm. still there's been people. It's just been a different set of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been such an interesting piece, an ongoing thing that, that, and it's, I, I think it's the new storytellers that bring some sort of, bring that new life right. and also the new locations, right? Every time we get a new host, we get a whole new set of people who are hearing about it. Like it's, it's every little piece of it. That's that it's the, it's the way, it's the way the newness keeps coming into it and folding mm-hmm. into it in all those ways that keeps it like, like every time someone has tells the first story, I feel like I get a new sense of like, you know, like who they are, what they want to say, what they want to talk about. And and appreciation for the art form, I guess. Yeah. 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 So uh, we both, uh, we both miss Brienne. Yeah, that is true. So that's why um, for, you know, as always, we're going to, I mean, again, the guest hosts, we don't know what they're going to do. It's a big mystery. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we are going to maybe do a a little bit of um, talk or, you know, about storytelling or, or, or whatever. And we're 
generally going to include a story from uh, stories we don't tell. Again, we don't know what stories the guest hosts are going to include, but that's part of the fun. Part of the mystery. Yeah. Let freedom reign. Right. So, uh, so we both missed Brienne. So we thought we would, we would, we would start off this, uh, you know, this this season with a bang. Would nice. you say maybe like shots fired? Sure. And uh, this is actually from our two-year anniversary show. So let's maybe let Brienne take it away. Okay. The first thing Sophia tells me after I walk through the door to her apartment is that she has gluten-free buns for the burgers. We've been friends since college, so she's pretty familiar with my revolving dietary restrictions, even on the evening before her wedding when her place is filled with guests. When I used to visit Sophia and our friend Megan in Chicago during grad school, we would stay out until four in the morning dancing and drinking and eating the greasiest late night pizza. We'd wear matching fluorescent tube tops and curl our hair and then cab around the city before crashing in somebody's living room and waking up to a giggling hungover debrief in the morning. It was exactly what I thought it was supposed to be like to be 20-something in a big city. Megan and I have come to the barbecue together with our dates and I drink about five Diet Cokes throughout the night to make up for the fact that I'm not just avoiding gluten, I'm also off sugar and alcohol. It's been a year since I had my last natural period, and while I briefly induced a cycle with birth control pills, it's been four months since that faded, and I'm starting to get desperate. My period disappeared right after I managed to clear up a terrible case of eczema that covered my limbs and my torso, and my body had just started to send out some other distress signals over the last few months. I spent the first two weeks of August with my parents, sleeping at least 10 hours each night, and then napping for about two more hours every day. In between, I fought with my hazy brain to get just enough work done to keep my remote internet job. I've been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and adrenal dysregulation, and I'm becoming increasingly convinced that I have a yet-to-be-diagnosed autoimmune disease. My doctor has had no advice at all, and people on the internet suggest I need to lose or gain weight, eat more or fewer carbs, <laughs> and find better ways to manage my stress levels. Diet Coke doesn't really fit into any of the internet protocols, but <laughs> at least it's helping me stay awake past my usual 8.30 bedtime. Around 8, Sophia remembers the bottles of Andre Spumante she had stashed in the fridge and brings them out for a toast. In college, we would each buy our own $7 bottle of this sparkling wine to drink before parties, so I take a solo cup to celebrate my friend's upcoming nuptials and I knock it back. It tastes like college. After the barbecue, Megan wants to visit a nearby bar that she used to frequent, and I decide to have one more cocktail. We get back to the hotel just as Brenna is arriving from the airport. She's the last of my close college friends who will be in town for the weekend. So we take the bottle of Andre that I stole from Sophia's house and an ice cream cake that Megan's boyfriend got for her birthday, and we gossip in my room until 2 in the morning. I decide to eat the ice cream part, but not the cake part. So dairy and sugar and alcohol, but not gluten. <laughs> Sitting in the room with these women I've known more than a decade feels intimate in a way that I'd almost forgotten about. There's something about old friends and there's something about that hour that just 
holds you. Nobody in Toronto has known me more than three or four years, and all of the changes that I've made to keep my body functioning, eating better, sleeping better, seem to interfere with this kind of intimacy. When I wake up the next morning, my lymph nodes are pounding with exhaustion. I have a latte before brunch and then a bottomless cup of coffee with my meal. Halfway through our early afternoon walk along the river, it becomes clear that the caffeine won't be enough to keep my typical brain fog at bay. I'm having trouble thinking, which is a pretty big problem since I'll be officiating the wedding <laughs> later this evening. I go back to the hotel for a brief guided meditation slash catnap and ask my companions to bring me back a Red Bull when they come to get me. I drink half the can on the cab ride to the venue, but I have to stop as that light nausea starts to fight with the burst of artificial energy. This is how Chicago always used to feel, when we drank sparks before going out. That brilliant orange mix of taurine and grain alcohol was how we started many of our late nights. After the ceremony, I ask the bartender for a vodka on the rocks to cut the remainder of my Red Bull, and he fills the glass to the brim. When I go to the bathroom, I graze my thighs while lifting up my dress, and I flinch because it feels like I've just touched a bruise. It feels this way on both legs, though, but I can't see any bruising. On the way out, I catch my reflection. With my curled hair and my bright lipstick, I see a person I'd nearly forgotten about. I find Sophia, Megan, and Brenna on the dance floor where we all rap along to Ludacris, we shout, we cha-cha slide, there's a wedding, after all, and we've long stopped worrying about what each other might think about our dance moves, our taste in music, the faces that we each make after taking a shot of tequila. There will be an after party, Sophia assures me, and there is. This is the first time in years when I can't remember the name or layout of a bar because I'm already drunk when I arrive. On the walk home, Brenna, my date, and I stop for snacks. I insist on moon cheese and a quest bar, as if sugar-free, low-carb snacks really matter at this point. <laughs> a muscular man in some kind of first responder uniform just grins at me, which is fortunate, since we all probably reek of the pot that we smoked after the wedding. <laughs> when we get back to the hotel, a man in the elevator tells Brenna and me that we should be nice to people, and I spend 10 minutes lying on the couch devouring the cheddar sour cream potato chips and ignoring my moon cheese. My fingers are so swollen the next morning that I can't get my ring off. That bruised feeling on my thighs has expanded up to my torso so that even the lightest touch is painful. Brenna lets out a hungover groan from her bed across the room, and then we giggle while we try to decode why that man in the elevator thought we were so mean. <laughs> Brenna and I spend the day walking along the river and through Millennium Park. I need to take a lot of breaks to accommodate my foggy brain and my aching skin. We have melted cheese and tortillas for lunch and then ice cream sandwiches in the park with the dairy, sugar, and gluten that my hangover seems to crave. We talk about our jobs and our partners and our mental and physical health. We talk about belonging, how hard it is to make and maintain new friendships when everything else is so much work. This weekend hasn't felt like work. It's felt like belonging. But I can't keep doing this because my body is barely holding on. I eat a spinach stromboli at a rest stop on my way out of town as a farewell to gluten. It is, predictably, delicious. Mm. That night in Wisconsin, I go to bed early, and I don't set an alarm, hoping that a good sleep will cure my all-over bruise. The next morning, when I graze my thighs in the bathroom, the tenderness is gone, but something else is there instead. I have, however improbably, got my period back. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
you for listening to the Stories We Don't Tell podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes where you can leave a comment, like our Facebook page, and visit storieswedonttell.org for more information.